evidence and answers. Pat first heard the gospel message at 17 years old. The gospel was a powerful message, but was it true? Pat's classes in science, history, and religion seemed to present overwhelming evidence against Christianity. Pat nearly walked away from Christianity when he discovered the fascinating world of Christian apologetics. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucaran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. The last time we were together, Pat began sharing about his faith journey and explains the importance of apologetics in his life and why every believer is called to engage in the study of Christian apologetics. Remember, if you missed any part of this broadcast, head on over to our website, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and look up the title, 1 Peter 3.15, Reasons for Faith and Hope. You can download it or just listen online. Today, we will conclude this personal testimony. And what I read completely fascinated me. I couldn't put the book down. There, for the first time I saw, there was powerful and compelling evidence that God exists. The Bible was historically accurate. Jesus was indeed a real historical person who lived a miraculous life, died, and rose from the dead. My parents were surprised to see me reading a book probably wondering what happened to this guy he's reading a book I was so fascinated with what I read when I was done I asked my friend hey where can I find another book like this and he said well go to the Christian bookstore I said what's a Christian bookstore he said well let me show you so we went and you know I only spend money on sports equipment suddenly my parents go this guy's spending money to buy books what's wrong with this guy well I was introduced to the world of Christian apologetics the defense of the Christian faith. Apologetics provides reasons and evidence for how we know our faith in Christ is indeed true. And as I read, I, I go back to the priest in high school and began sharing the evidence for the Bible and Christ. And I could see the evidence was able to withstand the challenges that came upon it. And I discovered that Christianity is not a blind leap of faith, but a faith built on solid and compelling evidence more evidence than for any other worldview or ideology that's out there well I went to college in California and summers I'd go here to University of Hawaii or Chaminade and there my faith was continually challenged and the arguments against it were more sophisticated now so throughout my college studies I continually studied apologetics and saw that the Christian faith had more compelling evidence and could meet the challenges that came upon it. But I soon learned that there were a lot of people like me asking questions about Christ, looking for evidence, wondering if there's any solid foundation for Christianity. And I found myself continually doing apologetics, answering questions, and presenting the powerful and compelling evidence for Christ. So apologetics had become a passion. And today the Lord has blessed me and I get to present the compelling evidence for Christ on radio, uh, in churches, and in schools throughout the world. Apologetics, providing reasons and evidence for faith in Christ, is what every Christian is called to do. When the unbelieving world challenges us and asks, 
How do you know what you believe is true? The Bible commands us to provide an apologia, an answer. 1 Peter 3.15, Peter writes, But set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So in this passage, Peter teaches us that the unbelieving world will oppose the message of Christ. The early Christians that he was writing to were challenged and persecuted fiercely for their faith. And when this happens, how do we respond? Well, Peter tells us in this passage. Now, he first states, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith, begins with the right heart. Set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Peter commands us to set Christ as ruler, as Lord over each one of our lives. When Christ is the number one focus of your life, then our fear of man fades, and we can face the unbelieving world courageously with courageous faith. When Christ is number one, when he is the priority, we have the right focus. We have the right motivation, love. And we have the right mindset. That's why the fear of man decreases when Christ is Lord of our lives. And so each day we're called to set Christ as Lord of our hearts. How do we do that? Well, here's an acrostic you can follow. L-O-R-D, Lord. L stands for each day. Dedicate your heart and learn and grow in your love for God. Love God with all your being. The Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Grow in your love for God. Number two, obey his word consistently. Number three, rely on him. Rely on the truth of his word and the empowerment of his Holy Spirit to continue to live in obedience to him. And number four, D, dedicate yourself to study his word each and every day. You do this consistently. This is how we make Christ Lord of our life every day, L-O-R-D. Well, apologetics is to be done with the right heart. Second, apologetics involves the right response. Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. Peter says, always be prepared. See, the early church preached in a culture that was hostile to their message, and their message was constantly challenged. And in the same way, we do not preach our message in isolation, but in the midst of an unbelieving culture that views our message as irrelevant, unhistorical, and untrue. That is why the Christian must always be ready to encounter challenges and questions from the unbelieving world. And Peter says that we are called to give an answer. The Greek word there is apologia. That's where apologetics comes from. This is a legal term. It's used of a lawyer in court making his case before a jury. So as the lawyer presents reasons and evidence for his case, when we are challenged, why do you believe? How do you know it's true? A Christian must be prepared to make his defense before unbelievers when asked, 
why you and I believe. And Peter says, to everyone who asks you the reason, the logos, for the hope that is yours. The word reason or logos means a well-reasoned argument or explanation. The Christian must be ready to give a well-reasoned defense, compelling reasons and evidence and answers. Evidence and answers. What a great name of a ministry. Man, someone should come up with that. To anyone who asks how he knows your faith in Jesus Christ is true. So the Christian, like a lawyer, is on trial daily before an unbelieving world and must be ready to give reasons why he or she believes in Christ and why everyone else should as well. The apostles, like Paul, if you read the book of Acts, that's what they did. Constantly you read in the book of Acts that Paul would go into the synagogue and reason with the Jews, proving to them that Jesus was the Christ. This is something Christ did, and this is something that the apostles did following his example. You see, God is a rational God. And because we're created in the image of God, we're also logical, rational beings. We're always looking for evidence and reasons why something is true. That's just natural to us, right? If you come and ask me, Pat, I need a new car. Which one should I buy? And I tell you, oh, you should get a Toyota. Your immediate response is what? Why? If I say, well, I like the commercial. Oh, the song is so cool. That's why you should buy a Toyota. Uh, you probably may go, nah, you're, you probably won't be convinced there. Why? You're looking for good reasons and evidence why my statement is true. That's something you automatically do. Now, if you ask me, why a Toyota? And I say, well, I've had five Toyotas. They all went over 200,000 miles. Car and Driver Magazine ranks Toyota number one every year. I have three mechanic friends. They say they rarely see Toyotas coming in for major repairs, right? That's a little more convincing, all right? What are you doing? Automatically, you're looking for reasons, you're looking for evidence, and you're examining just how good my arguments are. The same is true with our beliefs. How come when we say, well, trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, the unbelieving world says, why should I? You go, well, I just believe, just believe. It's a fair question that they're asking. And we're doing them no service if we, if we cannot provide for them some good reasons why they should believe. And so your life application is this. Remember this principle. The heart will not receive what the mind cannot believe. Christianity is not a blind leap of faith. There's compelling and powerful evidence and reasons for our faith in Christ. And Christianity offers the best and most reasonable answers to the greatest questions of life. And so it is the call of every Christian to know not only what they believe, but why they believe, and to be able to share that with unbelievers who ask. When you know the reasons and evidence for your faith, there is a confidence you have to share your faith with those who don't know Jesus. I, I see this all the time when we're on the university campus and we go into what's called the lion's den where 
we present our case for Christ and then we field questions from the audience uh, and we spend uh, an hour or so answering their questions. I mean, how many times dozens of students come up to me after the conference or seminar and say, man, I've been a Christian for years on this campus. I've never told anyone I'm a Christian. I didn't know that my faith could stand up to the challenges. Thank you for coming. For the first time I see, Christianity has the answers and the evidence and can meet the challenges that the culture is asking. Student after student will come up to me and thank me and say, man, I'm ready to share my faith. For the first time I see, Christianity can meet the challenges that come upon it. In fact, it's got the overwhelming, compelling evidence for its case. Just saw that a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm in a tennis league, so I can be around unbelievers. Uh, not that I'm any good, but anyway, I'm in this tennis league. By the way, you know, our team, our novice team, won the state. So uh, I didn't expect this. We have to go to the nationals and whatever. Anyway, that really throws off my schedule. Well, anyway, we, we were out there, and, you know, I was with the men's team, and there were three ladies on the other court, and one of them came over. They just happened to be friends that I know. And they just came over and said, hey, we're short one player. Well, one of you guys want to play with us? And so we said, oh, okay, we'll talk about it. And she walked back to her court. And all the men started going, ooh, check out the ladies over there. Ooh, hey, who wants to go have a good time? Wait, who's that girl over there? Uh, I thought I was back in a high school locker room, you know? I was back in a football locker room or something. There's a bunch of old guys. Anyway, <laughs> so they're checking out the ladies and all that. And finally, they kind of pause. And they look over at me and they say, uh, so, Pat, you're a young single man. Go over there and go play with the ladies. Have a good time. I said, oh, sorry, guy. I'm married, man. And one guy looked at me and said, so what do you do, actually? What kind of work do you have? I said, oh, I thought you'd never ask. So I said, well, I'm what you would call a research scholar uh, and a professor. And they said, well, what do you research? What do you teach? I said, well, I'm in the arena of... Uh, Near Eastern archaeology. Yeah. I don't like to say, I don't like to give stuff right because a lot of times it shuts down the conversation, right? So they looked and they go, what makes you want to study archaeology? And I said, well, Near Eastern archaeology. It's uh, Israel, Lebanon, Turkey, Egypt, that whole arena. And they said, what got you into that? I said, well, I wanted to know if the Bible was true or not. Because if it's true, it's the greatest God-inspired book that's ever been written. If it's false, it's the greatest hoax that has misled millions of people. So I want to see if it was true. And I just ended it there. And they looked at me and said, so what'd you find out? I said, thought you'd never ask. I said, it is unbelievable. And I got to go through some of the evidence for the Bible. And then one guy goes, are you a priest? And I said, I said, no, no, I'm not. I'm just the guy that studies these things. And the guy goes, well, you know, Bible, how, how can you believe stories like Sodom and Gomorrah? I said, guess what? We found it in 2011. I said, the professor that I'm doing my research under is the guy that found Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me tell you about it. So he started going on. Next question, you know, I don't know how Christianity can be true when you look at all this evil and suffering in the world. I said, how do you define evil? And he thought about it for a while, and I said, something can't be objectively evil unless there's an absolute standard of good. Where did that absolute standard come from? You can't have a moral law without a moral lawgiver. We, we were getting to some great discussions 
about a dozen guys there. And then two guys who are quiet for the whole 30 minutes. One guy stood up and said, oh, I go to church. I'm a Christian. And I said, well, about time you spoke up. You know, and I said, where do you go? He goes, oh, first Chinese. And he started sharing about his faith. And then this other guy who was quiet the whole time spoke up and said, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I said, how long have you guys been playing together? He said, oh, 30 years. And I go, first time you told him you're a Christian? They said, oh, yeah. And he started sharing about his faith. But you could see that once they saw that there's compelling reasons and powerful evidence for faith in Christ, there's a confidence that you see beginning to rise in Christians, and they're more willing to share their faith in Christ. So apologetics involves the right heart, involves the right response, and third, it involves the right attitude. Peter says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Some of your translations read with humility and reverence. Apologetics must be done with the right attitude. The first one, Peter says, is with gentleness or humility. The Greek word there, prautes, it means meekness. Not due to weakness, but a gentleness that is born from an inner strength of character. It takes a strong character when people are challenging you and maybe getting upset or even insulting or condescending to return that in a gentle and kind way. You know, when you see that, you see there's an inner strength in that person that he's not rattled by what you're saying. It's, it's like right, karate, when I used to take karate. Okay? Don't challenge me, anybody. I'm just a peaceful old man now. But back in the day, you know, the guy that was jawing off and you know, looking at, staring you down, going, you, I want you. You're not scared of that guy. Right? The guy you're scared of is the guy that doesn't say anything, and you get into on the mat or in the ring, and he's just kind of smiling. He's got this quiet confidence there. That's the guy you're scared of, all right? <laughs> Same thing here. When you can respond with gentleness and respect, there's an inner strength there that's visible to all. Then the next one, he says, with respect or reverence. The Greek word there is phobos. It's used uh, in the verses that talk about the fear of the Lord or the reverence of the Lord. And so Peter is saying here, when unbelievers challenge you, respond with gentleness and reverence. You know, the early church was challenged. They faced serious challenge and unjust suffering and even persecution. And in the midst of this, Peter commands them to respond with gentleness and reverence, with meekness and reverence, the same respect and fear that we show God. Apologetics done with the wrong attitude is dangerous. It can result in an unfruitful argument. You may win the argument, but lose the relationship. So when you respond with gentleness and respect, it stuns the world. And for the early Christians, their response to the persecution and challenges they received completely stunned the world. When done with the right attitude, Combined with the compelling and powerful evidence for Christ, it's a powerful testimony for the Lord. You know, the early church conquered the Roman Empire in a very short time. How was it that the early church, with no political power or military might, 
was able to conquer the Roman Empire so quickly? Well, my church history professor said it best. He said the early Christians conquered the Roman Empire because they could outlove and outthink the culture around them. And that is an unbeatable combination when you can outlove and outthink the culture around you. And the church today must do the same. So our life application is this. Number one, we're all called to learn apologetics. All right? You may not go and get uh, degrees in it like I do, but just to be familiar with it, to be able to provide reasonable answers to those who are asking. A great place to start, of course, there are many great websites. I hope one you look at is evidenceandanswers.org. We've got hundreds of articles, short articles there for you to study. Over 700 radio shows from the top scholars from all over the world talking on issues like how do you know Jesus rose from the dead? The science prove miracles and is not possible and the supernatural does not exist. What about on issues like medical ethics and government? You're going to find dozens and dozens of resources there for you. But also, you've got a great opportunity here at Honolulu Christian Church. The next four weeks are going to be Apologetic Sundays where we are going to be presenting some compelling evidence for our faith in Christ. And so we want to encourage you to bring your friend who doesn't know Christ. If there are Sundays you want to bring an unbelieving friend, these are the Sundays to bring him. All right? Our goal is that everybody here brings a friend who doesn't know Jesus. All right? Our goal is to have 50% unbelievers here who don't know Christ, who can have an opportunity, right, to hear the compelling and powerful message for Christ. I'll be speaking next week on the historical reliability of the Gospels. Because if the Gospels are historically reliable, Christianity is true. Okay? Then I'm going to be followed by two scientists. Dr. Evan Kawamura is an, on staff with Evidence and Answers. He's a NASA uh, engineer. And Dr. Hugh Ross, who is an astrophysicist. All right, they'll be here presenting scientific evidence for the God of the Bible. And I'll be closing it out with new evidence for the resurrection of Christ. So we encourage you to bring your friend that doesn't know Jesus because we're going to present the compelling and powerful evidence for Christ. We're going to have four Sundays where we could do it. We could go on all year, but uh, we're only going to do four. Right? So if there's a Sunday you want to bring a friend that doesn't know Christ here to HCC, those are some great times to do so. Well, our mission in our post-Christian culture then is to present the gospel and the powerful and compelling evidence for Christ when our friends ask, how do you know Christianity is true? We have the greatest message, the truth of Christ, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and the most compelling evidence for our case. So let us be faithful to make Jesus Christ Lord, to be ready to give an answer to all who asks us why we believe and present reasons for faith and hope in Christ with gentleness and respect. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, you've called us to a tremendous task to bring the good news of your son Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And I pray for Honolulu Christian Church and all churches that call upon the name of Christ, that we would be 
faithful to that call that we would equip ourselves knowing not only what we believe but the powerful and compelling evidence that supports our faith in Christ that you may use us powerfully to win our friends and family members to your son Jesus Christ and for this we pray in Jesus name amen for this message today again we've run out of time thank you for joining us here on evidence and answers radio broadcast we hope you enjoyed today's show be sure to check out our website that's evidenceandanswers.org you'll see we have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series so if you would like pat to speak at your church your bible study or even schedule an apologetics conference at your location Give him a call in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to connect and grow in Christ, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log on at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucaran.